0: This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now.
1: Well, good morning. It is Monday morning, July 13th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. The Annapolis Police Department is looking for a suspect or suspects in connection with a fatal shooting Saturday afternoon that claimed the life of a 29-year-old man. On July 11th at just before 4 p.m., officers from the Annapolis Police Department responded to the 1100 block of Primrose Court for a report of a shooting. Once they arrived, they found a 29-year-old male suffering from a gunshot wound. He was taken to an area hospital where he died from his injuries. He has been identified as Walters Elangwe. And the police department wasn't able to provide any further information on suspects or any background on Mr. Alongway. Now, this community is located off of Primrose Drive, right adjacent to the city's Truxton Park swimming pool. And it is the fourth homicide in the city of Annapolis this year, the third one just happening a week ago in a community off of Forest Drive. And here's a tale of bureaucracy run amok. An Eastport resident was concerned about a very large split trunk tree on his heavily wooded lot and the proximity to his home. With a predicted severe hurricane season, he got an estimate to have the tree removed because he didn't want it coming down into his house. Reasonable. The estimate to remove the tree was nineteen hundred dollars. We can debate whether that's reasonable or not, but that's not the point of the story. But being the good citizen that he was, he went to the city of Annapolis and filed an application to remove a tree, which cost him a hundred bucks. And he figured he was good to go. Well, Not so quick because the city's urban arborist, who even knew that we had one of those, contacted him and said, well, because you're removing the tree, you need to plant three other mature trees on your yard. Well, he said, I have a really heavily wooded yard and planting three mature trees on my yard would be nearly impossible because none of them would survive. Well, the arborist had a solution. He said you can pay the city $350 per tree as payment in lieu of replanting trees. So that would bring the total of tree and permit fees as well as the cost of removing the tree up to $3,050. That's a 60% increase over the $1,900 he got for actually removing the tree. But what really blows my mind is that in an email, Monty Hall, I I mean the city's urban arborist, said, The standard fee is $350 a tree. I'd be willing to reduce that to $200 a tree if you would like to go this route. Since when is a city's urban arborist able to negotiate permit fees? And I wonder whether this is a routine thing that happens in the various offices. Would be interesting to know. Commenting on the whole scenario, the homeowner said, if I'm personally paying 600 to 1050 extra to plant trees around the city, the least they could do is put a plaque there saying that I donated them. With a global pandemic and everyone hurting financially, there's just no way I can afford it. All right, a little bit of COVID news. Over the weekend, the Anne Arundel County Health Department determined that two staff members of the Arundel Swim Center on Reaver Road in Annapolis had symptoms of COVID-19. And out of abundance of caution, the pool was closed on Sunday for cleaning and to identify any potential exposures. It was cleaned and it should be reopened again this morning. Please note that the child care facility that's on that site utilizes a completely separate staff a separate space and entrances are separate, so they were not affected. And this is not unique to the pool. There have been a number of businesses that have closed temporarily for similar reasons. There's three big bars in Ocean City that have been all over the news this weekend. Locally here, Mears Marina, Acme Bar and Grill, Sam's on the waterfront. And a few weeks back, we had Stony River Steakhouse and Red Hot and Blue, all closing because employees had tested positive. I have to wonder what the cost of this is to these businesses. And I may have a little bit of a opinion or a rant on this tomorrow, so you want to make sure you stay tuned. And this story doesn't have anything to do with Anne Arundel County, but I suspect Anne Arundel County will follow suit. Montgomery County Public Schools have announced that students will begin next academic year purely online, and they will start to phase them in back into school buildings part-time by the end of November. Now, the schools did say that it is a draft plan. It's not the final version. And in the end, State Superintendent Karen Salmon is the one that has to make the decision as to whether schools can open. And the state does need to approve the county's plan. How it's going to work in Montgomery County is the first group of students to return would be special education programs and transition grades, which would be pre-K, kindergarten, sixth, high school freshmen. The second phase to come back would be 1st, 2nd grade, 7th grade, and high school sophomores. And then the third and final phase would be 3rd through 5th grade, 8th grade, and high school juniors and seniors. To avoid overcrowding, students are going to attend classes on a rotating schedule. Elementary and middle schools will be broken into two groups, with one attending Mondays and Tuesdays, the second on Thursdays and Fridays. High schools will have a similar schedule, but they will be broken into three groups. And on Wednesdays, the schools will be closed and they will all undergo a deep cleaning. As I said, I do expect Anne Arundel County Public Schools to follow this, but a friend of mine yesterday told me that he was speaking with a member of the Board of Education who did say that they're leaning toward a full-on hybrid-type program beginning in September when schools return according to the schedule. Again, and this needs to be emphasized, that the schools are still officially closed right now because the state superintendent for the Board of Education, Karen Salmon, has closed them, and she is going to be the one to be able to reopen them and also to approve the various different plans from the different counties. Nine University of Maryland athletes and staff have now tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend, and that has now forced the suspension of the Maryland football team's summer workouts. Maryland, of course, is part of the Big Ten, and they announced last week that they are going to go into conference play only for the fall. They are not going to play any non-conference opponents, and that mimicked the AAC, which is what Navy stands part of. The ACC has decided that they're not going to start any athletics until at least September 1st, but there is an announcement expected a little bit later this week, and I do suspect they're going to go to Conference only play as well. The Ivy League has said they are not going to participate in fall sports and the Centennial League has also said they are not going to participate in fall sports. Similar to the University of Maryland, Alabama and University of North Carolina have both been hit by significant COVID positive tests and they have suspended their football workouts temporarily while they figure that all out. My prediction, fall sports will not be happening this year on the college level. I bet you'll see some of that happening in spring. All right, finally, and as we wrap up, and this is something that I don't want to tell you because it really makes me feel old, but this Wednesday is the 15th anniversary of the release of the movie The Wedding Crashers, and it seems like it was just yesterday. What an hysterical movie, but we did have a star here in Annapolis that starred in that movie, and that would be the schooner Woodwind. Yes, she was the sailboat that was used in that iconic movie, and on July 15th, which is the 15th anniversary of the release of Wedding Crashers, they're going to start a whole Wedding Crashers week aboard their boats. Kind of fun. Each Woodwind's going to have a photo album showcasing their role and behind-the-scenes photos and everything with the filming. And on Wednesday, it's Wedding Crashers Wednesday. This one's sponsored by Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. And everybody will get a crab cakes and football t-shirt as well as a koozie courtesy of Devil's Backbone. And that is also a sunset sale as well as the Wednesday night races. On Thursday, it's Wedding Crashers Trivia. So if you know a lot about the movie, maybe the rules the Wedding Crasher rules. You can test your knowledge with Captain Jen, who was the captain aboard the filming. That's on Thursday the 16th. Jen will share stories from the filming, answer questions about the filming aboard, what the boat was supposed to be named, where all the sites were that they sailed to, and the insight on the scene that never made it. And on Sunday, July 19th, Wedding Crashers sacked Brunch Cruise. It is a brunch cruise. It'll be a movie-themed brunch with crab cakes. Two drink vouchers all prepared in a sack brunch bag for easy eating aboard. Everybody will get a crab cakes and football t-shirt and cruisy, courtesy of Devil's Backbone. Again, you can find out more information about Wedding Crashers Week as well as get your tickets online, which I do encourage you to do because getting them in person is sort of like a no-no thing now in this COVID world. You can go to schoonerwoodwind.com and get all of the information by your tickets right there. And if you go out, have a wonderful sale. All right, that does wrap it up for us today. Please make sure you're checking out ionannapolis.net for updates to these stories and more throughout the day. If you are someplace you can leave us a rating or a review, please do that and let your friends, family, and colleagues know all about us. It is Monday, so we do have Ann Alsina standing by with your Money Monday report, and we also have George Young with your local DMV weather forecast. He's coming up in just one minute. But first,
2: sunshine nothing else can make me
3: feel so fine
0: going out you need the most up-to-date local weather here's george young from dmv weather in annapolis with today's forecast
4: hey everyone this is george with dmv weather and this is your eye on annapolis forecast for monday july 13th The weekend was a fairly standard pair of early July days with temps in the 80s and 90s and a bit of humidity to go with it all across the Annapolis region. And the same will be true for today and the rest of the week ahead. As we get into the middle of the summer season, look for plenty of sunshine today with highs in the 85 to 92 degree range and a chance of p.m. storms, followed by more sunshine Tuesday through Thursday with highs 87 to 94 degrees each day with a much lower but still valid chance of a p.m. storm here or there. Then the expectation for Friday through the weekend is for daily highs 89 to 96 degrees with an elevated chance of PM storms and showers each day. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMD Weather. Make it a great day out there. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DCMDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Store. And also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and use our website each day at DMDWeather.com so you can always stay weather informed.
0: It's the most important ring you'll ever have. It's the one that goes on the third finger, left hand. It's the engagement ring we design and create for a couple in love. It may not be the biggest diamond you'll ever own, or the most expensive. It might actually be quite modest, but there will never be a more important one. Look at what it's saying, and we'll say, forever. This is one of the delights that comes with doing what we do. Being part of all that here at Zachary's Jewelers. And with six designers on staff, there's nothing you can imagine that we cannot create. If you'd like to design your engagement ring with us, come to Zachary's.
3: Zachary's. Online at Zachary'sJewelers.com. More than a jewelry store, a jeweler.
0: Your money. Managing and investing it can be confusing and sometimes scary. Here to help you put your financial picture into focus is Ann Alsina from Covington Alsina with your Monday Money Report.
3: This is Ann Alsina of Covington Alcina with your Monday Money Report. Stocks were up and down last week, but still positive for the week. Friday's gains were led by bank stocks, and the news that Gilead Sciences Incorporated's drug remdesivir cuts COVID-19 mortality by 62%. This eased fears about rising case rates. Oil also increased to just over $40 a barrel. Oil prices affect U.S. producers due to our reliance on shale and other less easily accessible oil fields. People are starting to worry about a bubble, but if you look at the NASDAQ 100, an index that tracks large technology companies, the gains are nowhere near the surge we saw leading up to the tech bubble. There is also plenty of liquidity in the capital markets, so equities, or stocks, still have room to grow. This week brings us the 2019 tax filing deadline. As part of the CARES Act, Congress extended the deadline not only to file taxes, but also to pay any tax due for last year to July 15th. That also gives you the opportunity to fund a retirement account for last year until the 15th. I always recommend having a strong emergency fund. Depending on your situation, this should be three to six months of living expenses in a cash equivalent, such as a savings account or money market. And that's even more important given all the uncertainty in the world right now. But if you have your emergency savings on hand and still have funds available, funding your IRA, Roth IRA, or if you are self-employed, your SEP IRA, is a good step towards your retirement. How do you make the decision of which one to fund? The IRS will make part of that decision for you. If you make less than $124,000 as a single person, or $196,000 if you are married and filing jointly, you can fund a Roth IRA. Remember, this is after-tax money going into an account that grows tax-deferred and, under most circumstances, comes back out tax-free. If you made more than $139,000 as a single person or $206,000 as a married couple and you have a retirement plan at work, you can still contribute to a Roth IRA using the backdoor Roth approach, or as I like to call it, three times the paperwork for the same outcome. You contribute to an IRA, but because of your income, it is not deductible then you convert those funds to a Roth. Moving after-tax dollars from an IRA to a Roth is generally not a taxable event. There are some other considerations around this, such as if you have taxable money in an IRA already. But it is something to discuss with your advisor and tax planner, as it's just making a non-deductible IRA contribution. If you're self-employed and don't have any employees, you can contribute to a SEP IRA. Contributions to a SEP are tax deductible and you can contribute up to 25% of your income to a maximum of $57,000. Every type of retirement account has its own nuances, but they are all tax-advantaged. I firmly believe it is every American's civic duty to avoid taxation. Tax evasion sends you to jail, and we don't want to go there. But using the system to minimize our taxes is just smart financial planning. Have a question you want answered? Drop us a line at info at or check out our website at CovingtonAlcina.com or our Facebook page to learn more. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Great Valley Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Covington Alcina and Great Valley Advisor Group are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance references historical and there's no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you consult your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor. The opinions voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. And if you don't have a financial advisor, come talk to us. This is Anne Alsina with Covington Alsina.
0: You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The
4: Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.